We don't do it uh, by the glass down in Victoria in lockdown, Jason. We just uh, we go straight from the bottle when we uh, when we get locked down. <laughs> I'm expecting to see a brown paper bag on it, Andy. Like it's like oh, I've had enough. Um, go, go for something a little bit harder this morning. Oh my god! Well, well there you go. Uh, somebody gave me a bottle of this. I don't know if it's any good. Fifth leg, Shiraz 2020. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. I didn't have to raid my mum's five dollar wine. So. Um, <laughs> Because someone gave me some free wine. So uh, good to see you, my friend. Hey, folks, uh, good to see a few people jumping on. Um, there you go. Got James here. Uh, Ben's already in the house. Allison, happy Friday. Glass of wine. I know you guys have got um, a glass of vino ready to roll. Ready and rearing. Oh, there we go. Graham's back in town. Good to see you back, Graham, um, as we as we roll. So uh, we've got a special, uh, special guest here. Um, in store for you guys tonight, so make sure you hang around. We'll introduce uh, Heather in a moment, um, but uh, as we always do, Andy, do the quick intros. Um, Andy Fenton over there <laughs> on that side, and uh, Jason Whitten here uh, many months ago now, almost two years ago now, in the middle of lockdown, we started this show, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom, uh, to help out our respective uh, clients, our respective tribes of people, small business owners, uh, investors, property investors, and uh, we've been doing it ever since, mostly. We're over sort of 50-plus episodes now. I think it's like 60-something or other. Um, the sun came on, Andy, <laughs> wherever <laughs> you are. It's like, oh, the clouds disappeared. Victoria, we're alive. Uh, there you go. But uh, good to see you folks. Uh, we'll be sharing some of our um, – opinions, pontifications, and potentially wisdom. But what we say is usually more wine than wisdom in this show. But uh, you never know. We might talk about something that's of use. And I think with our guest today, which I'm going to bring on just quickly, and uh, I know Heather's sitting in the green room with a glass of wine. There's Heather. How are you, buddy? Good, guys. Thank you. Yourselves? We're uh, we're doing well and we're, uh, we're even better because you're here with us today. Um, maybe the show will be... Uh, pretty good in comparison to the previous ones, I think, with uh, with some with some talent flying in from uh, yeah down at the farm, aren't you? So you're sort of north uh, northern New South Wales right now. Yeah, in the border bubble. Uh, so uh, like everybody, pretty much uh, down, but not no better place to be than uh, uh, right here, having a wine with you lads and, um, and sharing <laughs> no doubt more wisdom for me than wine. But let's, let's see how we go. Uh, look, looking forward to that. So we'll put you back in the green room, Heather. And we'll uh, we'll get you. We'll roll you back out in about ten minutes, maybe. Um, we'll do a little bit of a segment. What's in the news? So uh, uh, stick with us, folks. Heather will be back uh, in in moments. But Andy, plenty going on out there um, as we sort of enter uh, another strange time. Um, it's been the saying of the sayings, isn't it? Strange times indeed, uh, with uh, more lockdowns and uh, more uh, malarkey going on, but. Uh, there's certainly plenty in the news that I've got on my uh, over in my neck of the woods, so I might give it a, a bit of a whirl and kick it off, folks. Let's do it. For those who, hey, I said, let's do it. Let's do it. For those who uh, don't know the show, uh, real role, um, we do a bit of what's in the news. Uh, that's always important, um, just to sort of see what's going on out there. Um, uh, we think there's probably one or two things you should know. And uh, we always love the idea of if you've got questions, make sure you whack them in the chat for us, gang, and uh, we'll see if we can get around to answering those as we go or at the end of the show. So um, um, uh, uh, as we roll along, Andy Zangoe on all chats, uh, on all streams. Yeah, we're meant to be on, Andy, um, but uh, it doesn't look like it's uh, rolling out there, does it, um, with the stream? So it uh, might be a bit light on this tonight. Um Always interesting when you're doing live shows, folks. Uh, see <laughs> the the best planning. So other than ending it and trying again, uh, which probably not a good idea, we might we might just keep rolling. But it's not for some reason, Andy, uh, pumping into the Fenton Financials. It's all on. It says it's on. Um, so we'll see what happens. But um, there you go. But folks, make sure you put your questions in the chat. And um, we might have to make sure we get a replay going, Andy, out to the uh, the, the Fenton um, the Fenton system uh, as we roll along. But uh, I've got a bit of stuff uh, in the news 
folks. And uh, if I uh, make sure I don't knock over my wine while I'm uh, getting this organised. But um, what's in the news? Uh, I covered these two things earlier this week, Andy. But, um, you know, uh, the gap between the unit prices and the house prices in Sydney uh, is now um, uh, bigger than it's ever been in history. So uh, it's an interesting one. We always track this in the real estate game where house prices do outstrip other types of real estate in residential and um, uh, they uh, they create a gap. Then uh, often that gap gets pushed or pulled depending on the demand, depending on what's going on out in the marketplace. And so as we've seen in many cycles before, this is my three and a half uh, cycle uh, in the real estate game for me uh, houses tend to set the pace and uh, townhouses and apartments tend to follow and uh, that will happen certainly across uh, the places that are very expensive Sydney now setting the pace at a 1.4 million dollar average house price the median house price Melbourne and Canberra have just cracked the million median house price crazy numbers big numbers um, and um, uh, Brisbane is now a 50% difference in median house price, Andy, between wow. Sydney and Brisbane. And so that's why I'm a big fan right now of the of the Brisbane uh, marketplace. And uh, this little uh, chart came out uh, during the week thanks to Tim uh, Boyle. He's our main man who uh, he finds these charts everywhere. He's awesome. Um, but um, I love this stuff. But uh uh, lots of net results uh, up into Brisbane. Not as many as you'd expect coming out of Melbourne or Sydney. Uh, a lot of uh, Victorians and Sydney ciders uh, choosing to move quite locally to those cities. And you and I have chatted about this before, Andy. We believe they'll come back to those big cities at some point in the future. But I think the net gain in Brisbane or southeast Queensland is going to be way more sticky than those other locations as far as I'm concerned. But there's a few big gaps there. They're big numbers. They're really yeah. big numbers. Yeah. When you think about already uh, potential supply shortages uh, and you look at those numbers, that's a big migration. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's huge. Brisbane's supply chain down 95% from four years ago when it comes to real estate construction and development approvals coming through the pipeline. So we're, we're, we're in the middle of a perfect storm in that southeast Queensland area. I think it's good. Uh, my business partner, Sam Sagas, you know him, folks, and Andy does too. He's, he's terming it the double, um, uh, the double market movement uh, with the Olympics and now this. Uh, Brizzy's going to get the old one too. So, But anyway, that's what's uh, in the news in that sort of spot. And here's one that um, I think uh, – hey, hey, there's that thing I found from the other day, Andy, we were talking about, like car prices, secondhand car prices up 34%. Get out of town. When, 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 <laughs> when did when did you buy a car a year ago and you could sell it for 34 percent more than you did the year before? That that this is just unheard of. This is crazy times. You talked about that weird inflation thing last um, last week, but uh, I, I I found it, so I thought I'd chuck it up there for us to have a look. Right, at. Well, it's it's interesting because we have rules in Australia in and around in and around price gouging. So yeah. Certain prices are set, so that that standard type of uh, demand pull inflation. So when uh, when demand for something is uh, is outstripping what can be economically supplied, uh, the ability for those prices to rise from the suppliers, so from the the new car manufacturers, is actually very limited. So uh, and and by the ACCC. So if they start to rise prices above a certain bracket, it, it's just not kosher. It's not allowed. That'll and be – yeah, well, you reckon they'll get on it? You reckon? Well, well that, that's the problem is they can't. They can only sell the cars at a certain at a certain price. Otherwise, they'll get smashed by the, uh, mm. the ACCC for price gouging. But there's nothing stopping you from buying a car, Jace, and then selling it for 30% more. And we were talking ah. about it with, with my brother-in-law today about uh, utes. Uh, and he was looking at a brand-new uh, Amarok for 64000 and uh, a five-year-old equivalent shitbox for $74,000, <laughs> which is available now. 
and uh, and but that's the dynamics. And yeah. going back to some of the themes that we were talking about last week uh, when it comes to inflation, and I think we're going to talk about it a lot more. As I've said, we've got to actually understand some of the different mechanisms that are in place that cause these anomalous types of behaviours uh, that exist because they're synthetic and quite often they're synthetic created by regulation. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, interesting one right there, isn't it? Well, it's like the old uh, concert tickets, isn't it? Hey, you, you go buy a few in advance and then you can sell them for scalping on the day for a bit of, bit of a margin. But anyway, this interesting one, Andy, I thought, um, and maybe we can put a pin in it for a bit later, but um, the RBA is talking about a payment um uh, act needing updated and i read a bit more into this which really is landing about this digital wallet space um and yeah. so our our financial system is is sorely undergunned when it comes to this uh new technology which is bearing down on us like a like a freight train and um you know google and apple have applied for banking licenses you know these big companies around the world are going to be in charge of lots and lots of uh, money and be in many countries now becoming almost way more powerful than, you know, the banking institutions when it comes to the ability to manage people's monies and funds. And uh, our governments are just million miles behind on these things. So, you know, there's... Uh, the, the, the last bit of major legislation that came in for the Banking Act was the uh, Banking Act of uh, 19... Oh, God, 59, 58, 59. <laughs> 1859. It hasn't been updated since. My dyslexia is kicking in. Like there have been amendments, but there hasn't been a massive overhaul to it. So yeah. it's grossly under-equipped to, to deal with what is a pressing tidal wave uh, of new ways of, of transacting. And uh, uh, unfortunately, they spend more time in politics trying to win votes rather than uh, protect the future quite often. And sometimes these things really, which should be front of mind, because this is the future and this is where regulation should be focused on whatever's happening. Yes, we need to protect the people, but the best way of protecting them is having an incredible offensive game. And unfortunately, we're solely in defence uh, and defence of political uh, you know, popularity, uh, for lack of a better uh, word. And this is going to be a big topic. And, geez, I hope this becomes really front of game because really as Australians this is the stuff that we should be yelling out for subsidies on electric cars getting into the new payments like literally Australia is viewed by a lot of the tech companies and a lot of the rest of the world as one of we adopt technology faster than any other western country so they yeah. test a lot of things down here so doesn't it make sense for us to be actually furthering our game in areas just like this so that we can use our own uh, economy uh, to create new standards because at the moment everyone else is using us as the guinea pig and uh, and we're getting left behind. Take advantage of those things for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, and it's coming. There's no stopping it, right? So there's not it, – this This is inevitable. Um, this is inevitable that Google and Apple and, and the likes, Amazon and, and whatever, are going to be banking institutions – Forms of storage, electronic wallets, you name it, and and then some, and then some. Probably things we don't already know. Um, it's coming, and uh, we need to be ready as consumers, and also give our our uh, our governments a bit of a kick in the bum to get themselves up and into this stuff earlier, um, so we're not chasing our tails. So, yeah, progressive um, regulation, not regressive regulation. Absolutely. Bit of a shout out to uh, Aaron. Um, how are you, mate? Good to see you here, Jeff. Um, he reckons everyone will end up in Cairns. Um, <laughs> we keep moving north. I don't know, Jeff. I lived in Townsville, man. It's too hot. It's just it's, it's <laughs> you get to a point where it becomes too hot and too sweaty. Uh, not my cup of tea, anyway. But um, no, no, it's uh, it is uh, interesting the amount of people looking to move north at the moment. But uh, we'll see if that trend continues. Um, and last but not least, this one uh, for me in the news, Andy. So this is the first piece of. Um, negative growth news that I've seen in probably 12, 18 months when it comes to the property prices. Now, uh, if we go back a few Wealth, Wine and Wisdoms, um, uh, I said that the first location to show these signs of faltering and wavering would be Sydney, okay? Sydney has overshot reality, the, the ability for the regular person to afford a mortgage um, 
by a long shot. You have a look at these suburbs, um, and if and if I was to do a little bit of homework, which I which um, I'm sure would be very easy to do, and you go have a look at the suburbs on the right that have lost value, their average wage would be a lot lower than those suburbs on the left. And uh, what's happening right now with Sydney in a lockdown? some uncertainty, and the speed of reporting um, in the real estate game. You and I talked about it. It's not, it's not the share market, but it's certainly faster than it has been. Um, we've had some negative change in values booked uh, on a monthly rolling basis in Sydney, some negative change, some downward change on the average prices. Mm. Um, and that is, that's early signs for me uh, and also a warning sign for a lot of people when you are when you are in areas where the average wage or the average person in those areas lives literally week to week, paycheck to paycheck, uh, and has quite a lot of um, uh, average consumer debt, you do tend to get um, effects when property prices overshoot. And um, it's an interesting conversation. uh, And uh, I think this is kind of what I would call a canary in the coal mine for Sydney. Um, early on, if we do get some uh, economic uh, playthrough in Sydney, Sydney's economy, then it will affect uh, areas that have got um, the the price to uh, average income ratio. The gap is basically too big, and you will see some uh, regression in house prices um, as we roll along. So, the early warning, Andy. Um, but but uh, what you will see is those areas that have got lots of discretionary income and the gap isn't that big, they will continue to rise. So, um, you know, I think Sydney's kind of got stretched its rubber band a long way <laughs> for the average average person in Sydney. But, you know, Brisbane's still got a long way to go in that, in that, in that space. Places like Canberra and Melbourne are right up there now at a million-dollar house prices average. But, uh, um, you know, as investors and property investors – don't be freaked out by this. This is normal. This is actually what I said would occur. Sydney overshoots, it adjusts, and any time either wages are under threat or interest rates increase, you will see this again. You'll see this again in those places where the gap between the cost of mortgage and discretionary income is way too large to even um, to weather any storm, and yeah. uh, that you'll see it. Yep. So uh, – I think we almost need a scoreboard here, mate. Uh, I reckon that's uh, <laughs> J- Jason Ten uh, versus uh, the uh, the journalist negative one hundred and fifty counts at the moment. Uh, mate, yeah, yeah. They they don't. I don't think they want to be right um, with their news. They just want to have something to say, and uh, <laughs> I think they rush out a few of their ideas. But uh, there you go, man. Um, well, a, a bit of a shout out here, uh, Patrick. Good to see you, mate. Uh, Yasmin's in the house, and uh, uh, Harry, all the way from Sydney. How are you, mate? Melbourne. Melbourne. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, Michelle. Michelle's got a question for us later on, um, but uh, we'll have a little uh, little bit of a chat uh, about that one, Andy. I reckon that's an interesting one. From the first glimpse I got of it, I, <laughs> I might say that uh, uh, because they're paying tax again, uh, that that might be the reason, Michelle. It, uh, it may well be the reason. Last year, they didn't pay very much tax because of all of the subsidies, and this year, they're paying it again, and many people haven't planned for it. And as a result, uh, they wouldn't have been watching because we were telling them to bag the cash, control the cash, as Jason says. Uh, control the cash. The cash yep. Control the cash and, uh, and beware to plan for the next bills that are coming in. I've got a sneaky suspicion that that unusually high might be abnormally normal uh, when you take out the unusually low year. Could be right. Uh, ping us if I, I'm on the wrong track there, Michelle, but uh, I've got a gut feeling that that might be right. But we'll have a bit closer look a little bit later on. Yeah, Andy, and I think that, um, you know, uh, really sort of dovetails into bringing Heather on in about uh, a minute or so. But really, you know, what you and I said uh, about, um, you know, everyone, you know, a, a lot of people and, and, and there's actually quite diverse experiences going on in Australia over the last 18 odd months. But there are a lot of people and businesses that, you know, got ten grand out of their super, got some JobKeeper, uh, ended up with some support, and 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 by and large ended up with some reasonable amount of cash and savings or available dollars and cents. 
um, you and I said to to everyone, hey, listen, don't get carried away here. Make sure you put some away for a rainy day. This uh, this uncertainty, economic uncertainty, is certainly not over by any stretch of the imagination. And any benefit you get, don't um, you know, don't uh, get out there too loose and uh, buy secondhand cars for seventy grand, which I think is occurring hand over fist. But um, you know, at the end of the day, part of our community is a bunch of business owners. And uh, while at this moment in time, as we chat, there's not uh, the JobKeeper and other things being on offer, Andy, um, uh, in in the economy for a bit of a soft landing. But uh, there are some other things um, out there for business owners and and people who've got jobs as well. There's there's ways to help your business um, that you work for out potentially, and that's. Uh, one of the reasons we wanted to chat to our guest tonight, Heather. Um, I'm going to bring you on. Have you done? You got yourself organised, Heather? There you go. Yep. You got your wine. <laughs> yes, good to see. Um, you know, there's ways to um, keep moving forward potentially uh, smartly in the economy as, as business owners and um, people who are sort of wanting to improve their careers in a better, beneficial way because there's opportunities out there for government funding for certain things and. Uh, Heather uh, works in that industry, has done for quite a long time, and um, we thought we'd bring her on tonight to maybe talk about that for anyone who's a business owner listening in uh, and or um, if you work for someone, you could uh, tell your business uh, owners or the people you work for mm. about these opportunities to uh, get some support from the government. And it is an opportunity, right, to this this the conversation that we had uh, last night, and very look for those of you who are listening, we're we're about to drop some bombs, uh, and and they're good ones. And it was actually the way that that Jason and I started this show, which was really to to provide insights, information, help people navigate challenging times. That was really the initial uh, reason that we started it. Then we got on the bandwagon of attacking some of the journalists and politicians who were just talking <laughs> shit. Uh, but but ultimately, we we Jason and I debriefed now multiple times a week in in regards to, to multiple different things that are happening. And, and when Victoria went into lockdown, Brisbane was in lockdown, Sydney was in lockdown, we were both on the blow to each other and sort of said, Jace, we've got to try and figure something out here. Uh, you know, wh- what are you doing uh, in regards to being able to find some more cash? Because how are we going to sustain our businesses during lockdowns when we've got no money coming in, we've got no job keeper coming in, there's, there's very little subsidy out there. I know there is some in Sydney and uh, for over the seven-day period. But for Victoria, we're, we've gone into a, a five-day with no subsidy. We're now in a seven-day where we may get a little bit of subsidy. But uh, So Jason and I had a conversation last night for, for everybody there and we're going, well, how can we put a bit more money back into the business community? How can we find some more cash uh, to push back into the business community and, and figure out ways that we can potentially weather this storm? And uh, when I asked Jace, of course, Jace is always trying to, to look at all the little street fighter tactics of business. <laughs> and it came to, to fruition very, very quickly that, uh, that there is an incredible uh, opportunity to both increase the education, increase the quality of your team and increase the cash uh, within your business. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And literally, as soon as I got off the phone with uh, you, Jace, and then Heather later on, I must have pinged about six or seven people uh, who were, you know, able to take advantage of this. And if you're in business and you have employees, then this is what you need to be listening to. Uh, and everybody was absolutely, uh, you know, champing at the bit to hear this. So uh, for those listening, uh, there's a bit to take in, but uh, we're going to show you how you can upskill uh, and potentially, you know, put tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars back into the business uh, and make the place a better place to be and a better place to work. And uh, ultimately, uh, <laughs> trying to read at the same time, I can't fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shay's in there. Let Heather speak. Well, uh, Heather, um, um, uh, for those who don't know you, do you want to do a quick introduction? Um, Andy and I have known you for many years. You're, you're an amazing lady. Um, but uh, um, uh, do, the, uh, do the quick intros. Happy days. Thanks, guys. And what a like, it's just a privilege to be here. When I spoke to Andy yesterday or late last night, really, um, about what we could do, it was just um, um, what a what an amazing opportunity for um, all your listeners. So my name's Heather Gardner. Um, I'm the CEO 
CEO and a registered training organisation in lockdown in Brisbane, uh, albeit at the farm. Um, and we service the civil construction and horticulture industry. But the amazing news is if any of your listeners, if they're in business, if they're an employee, everyone, everyone in the country has this opportunity now. Like it is just one of those um, ferret hole things uh, that because it's simply complex and complexly simple, no one does it. Mm. So what is it? Uh, it's appendix. Shall I do a drum roll for you, Heather? <laughs> yeah, a little drum roll. You can drink your wine. Um, <laughs> and for, for some, they may have heard it appendix I. Um, for others, they may have heard it as um, wage subsidy support, back funding, incentive programs. There's a whole bunch of names, um, you know, out there. And I certainly had a conversation with a, um, a client that, um, that Andy and I spoke about yesterday. And what we hear so often is I've heard it, I've seen it in the press, but I don't have time. Mm. They, they're, they're the three things that we actually hear time and time again. But essentially people are leaving. Um, as you said, Andy, there isn't that support around there. And I believe everybody likes to upskill their people or like them to be better. Back funding or back initiative or back funding program, whatever you, you like to call it, it's actually called boosting apprenticeships, um, is an opportunity for every business in Australia to be able to, with existing employees, uh, upskill them and get up to a maximum of $7,000 $7, a quarter back on their wages every quarter up to a maximum of 28000 in a year. And I don't know about anybody else, but twenty eight k in your back pocket um, just because you're already doing what you're doing and you upskill seems like a bloody good idea to me. Not a bad way to go about it, mate, for sure. So, you know, for those uh, of you guys listening in, um, maybe, you know, for me as a business owner, um, I've been um, lucky enough to be, um, in the real estate industry, and that's benefited over the last 18 months. And I've been able to reinvest a little bit of that in, in new team members um, and uh, been using um, people like Heather as, uh, as advisors and sounding boards. And uh, I've been able to have five new team members join my business. And uh, across the different states, I've been able to um, qualify for that funding on all five of those uh, team members. So, you know, Rough figures, that's $125,000 in the next 12 months that I will be, as a business owner, um, helped um, to employ new people, put money back into the economy, give people jobs, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so it's not directly job keeper, but this might be, you know, we could call it job maker, um, let's say. I wouldn't have employed three more people. I would have only employed two if this um, was not on offer. So, for me, folks, if you're listening in, um, you know, I, uh, I I took advantage of this and I said, well, why not? Why, why not get a couple of extra team members, um, you know, give some more um, jobs out there and also get a bit more productivity into my business. So it's, it was kind of like a, almost like a, for every two, I got a free one. It was, it was like a, like a, a, a great way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buy two, get one for free as a business owner type of thing. But Heather, one thing I didn't realise, and if maybe you could explain this a little bit because then I might be able to take it tomorrow and I'll be chatting to my financial controller on a Saturday or maybe straight after this call. So are you saying existing team, so wherever you're working, potentially your your business could then go ahead and qualify for something and get some funding as well for existing employees? Absolutely. So you've got obviously the opportunity for um, employing new talent, which yep. is awesome. And, but some businesses, as we know, aren't in that position. They're going, how do I actually keep my team and my talent that I've got already um, and still uh, actually help with that? So the government have Appendix I, um, and on Appendix I uh, is a number of qualifications um, predominantly at a Certificate four level yep. that an existing employee 
can actually sign into and they can get the um, the back funding that comes back um, every quarter. So so everyone looks at Appendix I. I. I guess when I extrapolated this out, the one thing that I came up with was that everybody has an opportunity for workplace health and safety. So here's yeah. a really simple example. Everybody pays people. So workplace health and safety is either, you know, if you're in um, construction like us, it's obviously out um, on sites and in the office, but other businesses, be it in health, be it in financial services, be it in, um, you know, sort of um, real estate and property, you still have a HR element, therefore you still have workplace health and safety. So any person employed doing those tasks is able to, if they haven't already got the qualification, sign up into a certificate for of workplace health and safety, and that business will get the um, the back funding. Now, there's a few idiosyncrasies that go with that, but they are really simple as long as you follow the guidelines. Um, and you know, as I've said to um, to Andy, we're more than happy to be able to, regardless of our industry or whatever, be able to guide people and go, yep, this is what you can do, go here, go there, um, because at the end of the day, the complexity that people go, it's all too hard, but it's money for jam. Absolutely. In my opinion. Yeah. Mm. And so yeah. Just, just so we can clarify, because <clears throat> quite often the government managed to do a good job of uh, dressing mutton as lamb uh, with these types of things and complexity is the killer, but just really simplifying it back down, you know, every business, mine, Jason's, uh, your panel beater down the road right the way through to standard office type things where most of us don't actually have any HR when you're in probably the under under 10 employees. But certain laws, especially if you've got manual side of the equation are now in place certainly on the eastern seaboard that can see directors of companies up on manslaughter charges if we're not satisfying our obligations under uh, health and safety for our employees. So what we can do as a business is we can literally upskill one of our team members to be able to cover our butts from a legal compliance perspective. There's a little bit of complexity that you can help people navigate, but on the back end of that, there's a twenty anywhere up to a $28,000 paycheck for the business over, over the course of the year. Is that basically right? Um, yeah, essentially it is. So to get the maximum, the, the, the ceiling is 60K and above. So if you pay somebody 60K and above, you get the maximum of seven k a quarter. Um, if you get if you're paying someone forty, you get five thousand a quarter. You pay fifty, it's sixty two fifty. But essentially, you're right, Andy. With the industrial manslaughter laws as they are, and and there's a difference between having a safety culture and embracing safety. So a lot of people go, we want to be safe, we want to do things right, but they don't quite have the mechanics that go with it. So it's not it, it, what you're doing is providing your team talent member, somebody within your business, the skills, knowledge and experience in order to actually help the business navigate those things. And, and seriously, if everybody doesn't have somebody that's um, enrolled in that, uh, one, you're actually leaving your business exposed. Um, mm. Two, you've got a great opportunity to upskill. And three, uh, you're going to get money back in the bank. And mm, I'm pretty sure that all your listeners would um, be all across that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, win that's winning everywhere, isn't it? That's for sure. Now, um, let's say right now if there's a few folks listening in and you are on the team side, you, you work for someone, you're employed, uh, and maybe your employer doesn't know this, maybe you could go and uh, uh, um, enlighten them of these things and maybe ask them for a little bit of a, an extra incentive um, um, to share in the upside of that uh, as a bit of a pay rise. And then I can lend you some more money, we can buy some more property and everyone's happy. That's what I like the idea of. <laughs> yeah, as I'd say, uh, uh, how good is that? You actually keep your job and you ups and your employer goes, <laughs> how good are you because you're looking for the safety of the business? So there Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And Heather, um, you know, I, I'm assuming there are, I mean, obviously in the certificate four in Andy, in my world, there's certain certs in our world, you know, in finance and financial planning and stuff like that. That would be, um, 
you know, for those who might not understand or know this or have never thought of it, um, you know, all across industries, there's those certificates, isn't there? Um, in you know, your, your specialty is in that world of, um, you know, um, uh, building and, and et cetera. Um, yep. But I'm sure it's everywhere, yeah? So, and this is where the complexity starts to occur because yep. depending on which state you're in, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example, the certificate for in building and construction. So that is recognised across every state in Australia except Queensland. So any of your listeners that were based in Queensland that thought, wow, I'm going to do the Cert 4 in building and construction, that actually won't attract the back funding in Queensland. New South Wales, it will, and every other state and territory in the country, it does. So I guess like our borders, each state <laughs> has their uh, idiosyncrasies with yeah. what they see um, and, it, and it can potentially be where they see their skill shortage. So that's where, you know, understanding and having a look at that and going, right, what industry are you in, what are you looking at, and then let's have a look at the opportunity um, which is, you know, we're more than happy to, we're in building construction and horticulture. But this is, yep. for me, this is actually about keeping businesses alive. Uh, so I don't I don't give a damn if somebody's in security that's listening, um, if we can point them in the right direction, connect them with the people that they need to, um, happy days. This is about saving yep. business. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yep. There's, a, there's a question from Yasmin here saying, you know, is it just one staff member who can do the work? health and safety or is it more like can you have multiple team members different locations different states or is there a limit so there's no limit except for because um all these qualifications that the government have now opened up to in a back funding environment what they're saying is it's no different to an apprenticeship and understand an apprenticeship is just the funding model type but yep. there's got to be um some supervision so I'll give you an example. If you were a team of 10 and you put 10 people into a workplace health and safety, you wouldn't get it through because it's sort of pigs at a trough. Yep. So versus saying, you know what, we can actually put through four people in a workplace health and safety scenario and let's assume you're in New South Wales and we could do two people into the certificate four in building relevant to, you know, I'm just using a, biz, a building example building right business. now, yep. they could get six people through. Now, if those people, the ones that did the workplace health and safety, and let's say four of them did it, if they finished their course before March 31, 2022, the business could then go, you know what, we'll actually put the other through the course and we'll get for another 12 months another group of people so mm. i guess what and and this is where the nuances or the the um complexities can come into this uh but if i give you an example of our business we've got some that are doing um a, a diploma of building, uh, sorry a diploma of management they were new team members in, so that's one of those um, workplace health and safety. There's a Cert 4 in small business management. There's an Cert 3 in administration. So I actually don't have any person in my team that isn't under back funding. So it's about being smart. Who can I employ because I'm going to do it anyway? New employees have a, a bigger menu to select from. Existing employees yep. have a shorter menu to select from. Is probably the easiest way to put it. That's great. No, that's that fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely makes total sense. Um, and um, again, you know, that's the the nuances here where you know, like Andy said and you said, like the complexity of this, like it's it's simply complex. And you know, and but at the end of the day, if you don't know what you don't know, you're like, crikey, you know, I'm taking advantage of the new team. So I'm like, great, I'm going to sort of invest in new team. I'll get some support from the government. But there's already existing team. I know three or four of my team who want to stretch themselves. They, you know, they want to um, improve their skills. And then I'm like, well, how do I, you know, how do I manage that as well as all other things? So it's been fantastic to hear that. You know, it's um, 
it's uh, it's it's extremely valuable. And anyone listening in, I think, uh, will uh, will be thinking the same. Um, Harry said, um, "Can the dictator? Um, oh, sorry, the director." <laughs> Um, of the, <laughs> no, no, I, I think you got it right. It was just Harry's typo. <laughs> of the business so, get some funding if they're not on payroll. Uh, how does it how does it work for let's say Andy or me? Like, is it still applicable for owners of the business, Heather? Um, and we can yeah. get ourselves a certificate. So, if you are not the direct owner, i.e., if Heather Gardner doesn't own Foundation Training Australia, and if they've yeah. been listening to your advice and all the other things around structure. Heather Gardner doesn't own that yes. business. Therefore, Heather Gardner or Harry, if he's if he doesn't personally own the business, he is able to um, access back funding. Yes, that's fantastic. Oh, that's great. I think uh, yeah, that's that's a bit of a game Harry, changer. Yeah, sure. Um, Harry um, is a smart man, and Harry probably doesn't own um, the share of his company in his personal name so therefore um, he would be fine but again look we're happy to um, you know do those checks for people because the, it, it, it does become complex and if we yes. can say um, you know here's a few questions answer these we can come back to you point you in the right direction um, and connect you with the people that need to be that you need to connect with if we can help great but if um, I don't Yeah, so um, I don't think all the medium businesses are still there, um, you know, in the in the long term. So, um, and it's a great opportunity to pitch this to your team from a retention strategy as well. Um, hey, you know, hey Jason, I actually think you're doing an amazing, um, you know, sort of role. Um, would you consider um, looking at X, Y, Z, whatever it is, um, you know, cert four that we identify? Um, we'd love you to do it. And by the way, it actually helps support the business, um, you know, going forward as well. So, you know, uh, I'm, I don't think, again, there'd be too many people that um, that wouldn't, um, you know, sort of adopt those um, opportunities. Absolutely. I think I think most people, if um, if given the, the chance or the opportunity to do something to help the business and keep their jobs and, you know, that full circle support, I think that, uh, that you know, that would empower people, to be honest. You know, people would feel you know, great to be able to at least do something, have some influence when it comes to these things. So I think that's 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 a great shout out, um, you know, in that sort of space for sure. Um, um, well, I guess yeah, the, this, the, you know, one of the only, um, and I see that you're going to a question, um, just understand like any um, training, you've got to give your t- people time in work mm. time to be able to do some of this. So for, for us, um, our team usually go after lunch, one until three, Two hours a week uh, to be able to do their um, their training, and then they do some outside of work. But as an organisation, you've got to give them that time, um, you know, to be able to support that. So, yeah, no, that's perfect. That makes sense. Makes sense. I think um, you know if, uh, what we do know is if you're happy and you you feel like you're being productive, you know, what do they say? You give a uh, if you want something done, you give it to a busy person. Um, at the end of the day, um, you know, good productive people are, are going to knock it out of the park. Um, well, Michelle asked a good question. What happens to, if someone? Uh, oh, well, what better time to actually do it than while we're in lockdown as well? Yeah. And uh, and what you know, as long as the initiative continues to stay here. Look, this. Yes, we're framing it in the environment of uh, of getting some more cash into business owners' pockets, but ultimately, this is really a best practice, isn't it? This is something that we should be focusing on doing more frequently with our team over time and and I think that quite a lot of us what ends up happening is when you get busy when you get under the pump with you know the the trying times of COVID some of the stuff that goes out the window very very quickly is time with the team and training and for me potentially this is an incredible opportunity where people do have more time on their hands where they can actually start to upskill them in a productive way when potentially there's many businesses out there that their team are, are largely unoccupied as far as duties via uh, just not being able to operate in their standard form, restaurants, so on and so forth. Yeah, no, that's a great. Um, Michelle had a quick question. You know, obviously there's obviously um, nuts and bolts to this sort of stuff. Heather as well, if someone leaves halfway through, can they take it with them? You know, does the, does the business retain it sort of? I mean, obviously – that's the devil would be in the detail in that sort of stuff. And 
you know, logistics, no matter which way you slice these things. Yeah. So if we if we just talk from an employer's perspective, um, like anything, if the um, train uh, if the learner, let's call them a learner for want of a better word for the upskilling purpose, if they are no longer on your books, you don't get the money. It's yep. that simple. But you get the money, the rebate or the incentive um, up until whenever they have left. But this yep. is you know this is really about you know if you if you value your employees. And your team, this is a great way for them. So uh, I guess it's just another tool, it's another strategy in order to be able to keep your people um, occupied, as as you said, um, you know, Jace uh, or Andy. Some of them may be sitting around. Um, you'd hope not. You hope that they're highly productive individuals uh, and this just um, ends up being something else for them to be able to do. But, yeah, opportunity. Um, you've, you've really funking with my head because... Everyone's going around the screen. <laughs> I was doing some live producing that, Heather. I'm like, oh, no. to do that, mate. I can tell you. <laughs> uh, no. Well, no. If, if yeah. we go to the, the, like, you know, we're talking about existing employees. Uh, if we look at new employees, like, seriously, there is money, like, serious money for people um, that, uh, and as I said, I was talking to this young fellow today. Um, and and for him, um, you know, he's looking and, and he's in our space in civil. Um, there's there's sign-on um, bonuses. There's um, you know additional cash. So if you put an apprentice on, not only do you get the apprenticeship sign-on and completion, you also also get the back funding. So mm-hmm. we're talking some significant money um, that is available. Um, and the one thing I really want to share with your um, listeners is I was talking to my COO yesterday and uh, it's not a client of ours. They now are. They've moved across. They left $259,000 on the table because their HR lady didn't didn't submit the forms. Oh, that's a lot of dough. That's a lot of payroll. Yeah. So whilst we talk about this, what the opportunities are, if you don't do what you have to do, and like most things with the government, they have hmm. deadlines and dates, yep. you, you actually leave money on the table. Um, yeah. And again, like, you know, we've, we've actually just find, formed an alliance with an affiliate company to, be, to make sure um, any clients that are with us, we do that, but others, so they don't leave that money on the table. Yeah. Um, you know, you can sign up here and be really excited, but if you don't do the, um, you know, the important bit, which is claiming it, well, then it's just um, a great upskilling exercise without the potential reward. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's really, um, you know, it's it's it was really a great incentive for for me and Andy and I were talking about. We're like. How do we take advantage of? We think there's great opportunity right now, but this kind of the uncertainty. We're kind of fifty-fifty. Do we give it a good nudge and grow our team, or you know, do we just sort of wait a little while? And for me, that extra bit of funding and that extra bit of government incentive gave me the the initiative to go. Yep, no bugger it. We'll go for it. We'll we'll bring on five people instead of two, um, and um, you know, we'll give it a good nudge and take the opportunity. And I think that's you know, uh, a really good thing for a lot of people, a lot of businesses, um, you know, number one, good opportunity to skill people up um, while we might have some downtime or number two, there might be some great opportunity to sort of take the risk or lessen the risk in taking advantage of those opportunities, you know, um, in the marketplace, growing the business, sustaining it, you know, not shrinking back from these uncertain times and, and see what might um, what might come of that if you've got a little bit more comfort in the bank account um, then, then the full, the full uh, cost of you know a new team member or whatever that might be. So I think it's fantastic. That's great. Yeah, Heather, how can um, uh, there's a lot of listeners on here, you know, and um, how can uh, people uh, work with you guys? Um, obviously, you're in the building industry as your specific or your sort of specialty. But is there a website or something people can sort of reach out to you and work with you and your team um, in and around this stuff? Well, certainly, um, yes, we are in civil construction and horticulture. 
Um, workplace health and safety is uh, across every industry, so it's irrelevant. The other specialty um, qualifications, etc., within Appendix I, uh, again, um, I've shared with um, with Andy. I've given you guys a link. Um, it's a um, it's a landing page. If people just fill out their name, uh, their phone number, email, um, and just a couple of questions: What industry are they in? And um, you know, is there any particular course that they actually might be interested in? Uh, whether or not they're an employer or an employee. So there's there are a couple of um, things. And what state? Because obviously depending on your state will govern, um, you know, where we can best suit. And yep. um, and again, if we can't help you, what we will do, as in if we can't serve you in our industry, we will absolutely point you in the direction, connect you with a uh, Australian Apprenticeship Support Network, network Provider and uh, um, a RTO to be able to do what you need to do. Um, and let's get some money in the bank, guys. Totally. So- so when you, if you do have to refer them on, does that mean, uh, Heather, that you've got people that can help them navigate making sure that they get the money and they don't forget to actually get the forms in? Um, so on the, um, the link that you guys have got, we've actually asked the question, do you, would you want help with um, filling out your um, application? If you say yes, uh, we can keep in contact regardless of whether or not you're in our space. And, um, and we can do that stuff, you know, sort of for you. Clearly it's like an outsource um, environment, uh, but we're bloody good at what we do. Um, we're actually at the top of our tree and, um, and any client that we work with, uh, we haven't failed once in getting money back in their bank. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think most, most business owners are, can be pretty bad with paperwork and, and making sure that things that are outside of their hitting zone actually get done on time. And, yeah. uh, and I think having that assistance to get through it, it I mean, that, that's the part that would get me over the line because otherwise I know what we're like as business owners. We'll, we'll pick it up, we'll look at the form, we'll go, Phew, and we'll, we'll go through the easy parts, we'll get to the first hard one and it'll go to the pile. And that pile will eventually get bigger and bigger and it tends to be on the bottom of it. But if you've got people like yourself who can, you know, just navigate, it's generally one or two things that they just throw in there that completely derail your ability to understand what's going on. Uh, But it's that hurdle that stops so many of us from actually doing this stuff. And a reasonably tight time frame um, as well because it's obviously done um, each quarter. And um, so, you know, there are some... Uh, requirements to get that in and hey I completely agree because that stuff hits my inbox and I go oh and send it on <laughs> so uh, I know exactly yeah. what it's like because you open it and it like it just goes page 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 and it's like oh my god I haven't got time to think about it um, yeah. so I don't want to think about it but I love yeah. it when we reconcile and the money's in the bank but money's in the bank. Yeah, exactly. Harry was saying, is there any sort of um, out-of-pocket sort of stuff, Heather, um, in 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 that circumstance? Like, you know, for me, Harry, I've got a, a full-time uh, team members internally um, going through this process. So, um, you know, if the, if the net time, if I added up the time for my team or me to do it, you know, it's going to cost me money anyway. Um, and I'm sure there's um, um, a little bit of a, um opportunity for Heather and her team to um, uh, benefit from the relationship as well. Is there any out-of-pocket for business owners, Heather? So if we look at like the courses, obviously it depends on whether or not it's um, funded, unfunded, fee-for-service, what state you're in, what accessibility. Yep. So one is course cost. Uh, so, you know, depending on where you are and what you're looking to do, scenario one. Scenario two, um, the claiming side, it's 12.5%. Um, uh, each time and that's what it is um, to be able to do those things regardless of whether or not you're with another organisation um, or not. If they're with us, um, it's um, value-add, clearly, but if you're doing security, for example, um, and you're doing a security course but you want to make sure you get the money in the bank, it's 12.5% for us to actually yep. manage um, that for you. Manage that, yeah, and uh I think if you add up the the dollars and cents team of actually either in employing someone or doing it yourself, um, it'd be well money, well invested, I'm quite sure. And Harry, it's a tax deduction, mate. So, you know, um, <laughs> you'll be right. <laughs> you know all about that, brother. <laughs> no, that's fantastic, Heather, and really appreciate that. I know there's a lot of people who could take advantage 
of that. And um, it really ticks all the boxes. The business owner gets some support from the government. Then uh, the team who work with the business owner get supported by the business owner. Staying in business, let's face it, small to medium business, you know, is the backbone of this country um, and employs a lot of people. And we want to make sure we can keep, you know, people in jobs. Um, and ultimately, I like that because uh, people can uh, pick, people can borrow money and buy properties. So it all wins. There's a there's there's a tick in all the boxes for me. <laughs> But uh, Harry's a big fan, um, Heather. I'm sure Harry will be in, con- in contact. So uh, he said you had me at hello, um, the Jerry Maguire. And uh, for those folks who um, want to know a little bit more about Heather, I did have the pleasure of interviewing Heather one time on my podcast, The Wealth Faculty. So I've put that in there, a little episode in there, if you want to get to know Heather a little bit. She's an amazing lady, absolutely salt of the earth, rock star, and um, we, we, lo- we love her. We love you, babe, and 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 we're really, um, you know, um, uh, lucky to know someone as amazing as you and the value that you add out there in the world with small to medium business owners and uh, the way you support people. Um, uh, real pleasure to have you on Wealth, Wine, and Wisdom tonight. You brought the wisdom. You brought all the wisdom tonight. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't swear once. Did you notice? <laughs> Not once. Uh, gee, that. Uh... <laughs> That's a fucking miracle. <laughs> no, 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 no fucks delivered. Yeah, unbelievable. No, just reiterating, Jace, you you put the the link that everyone can click on in here. I did. Uh, I did. I yeah. whacked it in the chat, folks. Um, so yep. have a look there. You can see Jason and and my face on there. Uh, just so you know, you're in the right spot. But uh, guys, share this around because literally until last night, I had no idea of this opportunity until we started yapping about this. So the chances are if I don't know about it uh, and, uh, well, most of your friends who might be business owners or employees wanting to upskill, this is 100% one of these opportunities, literally, uh, like when we started this in bringing the various different government subsidies, the various different... uh, uh, grants that you're able to access of which businesses have been propped up tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, which has really supported small business around Australia. Uh, make no mistake, people do not know about this. So mm. if you know business owners and they're not listening to this, share this with them, shoot them across that link uh, because literally this this may be for some businesses the difference between them making it through and ultimately making it through stronger and better as a machine and potentially not making it through because uh, make no mistake, it is tough out there for businesses in lockdown and uh, every dollar that, that that can come their way and every upskill uh, is magnified and people are really doing it tough. So these things can make all the difference. Share it, uh, make sure that they get it into their hands because I, my tip, mate, is that this will this will make massive difference to to those people who are listening, and I'd yep. really love feedback from people who start to do this because uh, I already know from the people that I've spoken to, we're going to be doing it. Jace, yep. you're doing it. Uh, three or four people I spoke to last night are all doing it straight off the bat, and I'd urge everybody here to make sure that they they sing as loudly as they can so that more people know about it. Absolutely, I think it's a great pay it forward strategy, and uh, you know it's JobKeeper. JobKeeper Plus, as far as I'm concerned, because I think I think it, yeah, yeah, in this way, you know, it it brings more jobs rather than, you know, and brings more productivity. So I'm a massive fan. I'll be uh, doing the uh, the back funding part, Heather. You've changed my uh, my my world uh, as you always do. Every time I get to uh, get to hang out with you, you add value in in immense ways. So thank you, darling, and appreciate you paying it forward um, out there in the in the world. And yes, folks, make sure you share those links. Heather and her team can help uh, help anyone in that space and um, um, fantastic to have you on on tonight, mate. Um, appreciate that. Well, I think it's a great way to end the night, um, almost right on time, almost 60 minutes, perfect timing um, as we're going. Um, You've brought a degree <laughs> of professionalism to this affair, Heather. You really have. <laughs> uh, a bit of a shout-out from Shay. Heather is awesome. We know, Absolutely. And um, Michelle saying thanks for sharing, Heather. Um, you're awesome. Um, and uh, there we go. And uh, and uh, and Alison, um, you know, there you go. Certificate free. Gave her a start out of high school. It's brilliant for for employment for people. So absolutely, one hundred percent. So like we said, folks, share it around. Um, this stuff is awesome and amazing. Uh, great value tonight on wealth, wine, and wisdom. Awesome to have a guest on. Yes. So it's not just me and Andy listening to ourselves <laughs> rabbit on. 
<laughs> so, Heather, thank you, darling. Appreciate you. Thank and, you very, um, very much. And uh, drink as much. No, so. I didn't actually. I didn't. I was glued to the screen listening in. So that's good too. Save save my leather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Harry's going to be reaching out too. Appreciate All right. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Andy. Good, good to see you guys. Cheers, gang. Bye, folks. Right.